It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by UFC expert, UFC fanatic, got Mean Gene in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter at MeanGene0022. You guys could always get us at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Gene, here we go, UFC 272. Uh, we got Covington, Masvidal. This one will take place Saturday night pay-per-view. T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Should be an interesting card here, Gene. Uh, we have some familiar names, but it's not exactly the most stacked card there, Gene. I don't know what you thought about this one. Obviously, the selling point, Covington, Masvidal. Uh, if you guys have been watching you know, the press conferences and all the stuff that the UFC has been putting out, uh, these two look like they're ready to kill each other. I'm curious what that's going to look like there, Gene. We'll get to that fight. We'll talk through it. But what are your overall thoughts, you know, for this particular card? Yeah, a little bit disappointed that there wasn't a title fight on the on this card. That's been the UFC's norm. And even recently, it's been two title fights on on every pay-per-view. So to have no title fights on this one is a little shitty. But um, at the same time, we get to see a, a grudge match that we've been, you know, we've been hoping for for a, a few years. So they finally get in the cage. So I'm looking forward to that. Co-main event, Fiziev got COVID, so he's out. That was very disappointing. He's going to be a future star in the UFC. It would have been nice to see him on the co-main event and get some of that rub from the Kobe Covington, Masvidal fans. The card's a little bit watered down, to be honest with you. Listen, I'm still excited. It's a UFC pay-per-view. I'm definitely going to be watching it. And, and like I said, I, I definitely want to see what, what happens between Covington and Masvidal, even though those guys are a few fights away from a title shot. You know, I think it's probably a good thing, though, Gene, here for the UFC to you know, kind of get into this, you know, uncharted territory to say, all right, well, guess what? You know what? Uh, we're not going to have a title fight, but we're going to, you know, put two guys in there who don't have belts or not fighting for a belt. And let's just see the results. You know, let's try to go ahead and put a card together and just see how it all shakes out because, you know, we, we're used to these title fights. We get spoiled with, you know, sometimes we get spoiled with three title fights and we got none here. This is kind of like a fight night card in a sense. All right, Gene. So before we go ahead and jump into the card, I do want to go ahead and, and tease something here that you and I are going to talk about at the end of the podcast. Um, if you guys are looking for futures in the UFC, Gene found some. Gene wants to go ahead and give you guys something uh, after we get done with the Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal fight. Uh, we're going to go ahead. We're going to preview the main card here. I'm going to let Gene do a majority of the work here. A lot of these guys, they haven't fought in quite some time, and I honestly haven't had enough time uh, this week to go ahead and really go ahead and buckle down and get my uh, research done. Gene, I've been rocking and rolling with NBA and college basketball, getting ready for the March Madness. So uh, I am going to leave this one up to you. Let's go. Let's start it out with our first fight on the main card. We got Sergey Spivak against Greg Hardy. Uh, current line on this one, Spivak's right around minus 200 there, Gene. I don't know if you want to go ahead and lay the chalk there uh, with Spivak, but I'm going to let you rip and run on this one first. What do you got? Yeah, the UFC, they, they love Greg Hardy, man. They you know, especially on a card like this, where it's a weaker card, they're going to throw Greg Hardy at the as the opener of the pay per view, just because you know you got your your average fans know who Greg Hardy is coming from the NFL. It's just funny the amount of use they get out of this guy, and, and he's just an average fighter. With this matchup, you know, Greg Hardy, we know what it is: knockout power. Um, he has been getting better. I'll give him credit. He's utilizing his leg kicks a lot more. But the thing for me is his his gas tank is just terrible. And he has a tendency to quit, too, especially if he gets taken down on the ground. And that's what Sergey Spivak's going to look to do here. Spivak is a relentless grappler, good 
ground to pound, top control submission game. And he just sticks to the game plan. That's the thing I like about him is you know what he's going to do when, when he gets inside that cage. He's, he's not, he's not going to deter from that game plan. So um, if he wants to win this fight, he's going to have to take Greg Hardy down. He's not going to want to stand with him. Um, can he stand? Does, has his striking been getting better? Yeah, it has. But he doesn't want to test it against Greg Hardy, who's got legit knockout power. We saw in his last fight, even though he lost to Tai Tuivasa, he rocked Tai Tuivasa. And if he would have been patient, he might have finished them. And we've seen what happened since. You know, Tai is now in the top, you know, top three in the heavyweight division, top four. Um, so that's uh, it's a good look for Hardy in, in that sense. So um, how I see this fight going, I just see uh, Spivak striking with him at the beginning, just kind of get a feel for him and get him used to get Greg Hardy thinking that he's going to strike with him. He'll end up taking Greg Hardy down, and Greg Hardy's just going to end up wilting, in my in my opinion. So if I was going to take Spivak, I would throw him into a parlay because Greg Hardy's still got that that KO power. You know, you got to be careful. I don't know if I would just lay – you know, lay the wood on Spivak. But the one thing I do like in this fight is I do like the fight doesn't go go to um, a decision. I, I think one of these guys are going to finish it, whether it's a knockout by Hardy or Spivak gets a submission. So um, I like both. I like both props. I like uh, I like fight doesn't go to the distance. And then I also like uh, Spivak to get the submission because I do think he will win and his, his path to victory is going to be that submission. I, I think... I'd have to look up. I think it was like plus 300 to win by submission. Uh, might have been plus even 600, but um, those are the angles that I'm looking at for this fight. Interesting because Hardy hasn't been submitted uh, at all in his career. But I remember the last two fights against two of us and Tybura. Um, he got beat up pretty good in those fights. I mean, I wonder if this is like one of those. It's Greg Hardy. Let's just like you said, it's he's going to show up on these cards every now and again. Like I feel like he should have more fights, Gene. Uh, he only has like eleven, but you got to wonder how long they're going to keep him around. I mean, is he really a factor? It's a name, you know. It is what it is. I don't know. Thinking, I I personally wouldn't take him. Not after what I saw with two of us and did to him. Let's jump up to our next fight here. Uh, we got Kevin Holland and we got Alex Oliveira. Holland's going to be a pretty big favorite here, Gene. I mean, you're looking at laying minus 300, minus 350, depending on what book you're at. Curious if you think Oliveira has a shot in this one. Yeah, um, this fight, I mean, of course, Oliveira, you know, with with Kevin Holland, you have to worry about the wrestling. He's had issues with wrestlers in the past. Oliveira can wrestle. He typically likes to just uh, stand and strike, but he can wrestle and grapple. Um, The thing that's interesting that we should know here is that Kevin Holland is dropping down to 170. He's uh, been fighting at 185 in the UFC for you know six, seven fights, whatever, whatever it is. Um, he has fought at welterweight outside of the UFC, but in the UFC, it's been middleweight. And at middleweight, he he just had issues with with the size difference. Like he's he's a tall, lanky guy, uh, so his reach and length worked in the middleweight division, but the weight just it it didn't work. You know, these bigger guys would just lay on him and take him down. The Derek Brunsons of the world. And, um, we saw that he just, he, you know, he had issues with those guys. Uh, Marvin Vittori, same thing, just absolutely dominated this guy on the ground. But when the fight was on the feet, he would touch those guys up and, you know, he almost finished both of those guys, even though he lost a, a dominant decision. So, um, it's just going to be interesting to see that how he performs at 170. Uh, for me, I think he's going to perform great. I mean, um, after his last loss, he he really refocused his his training camp 
on on grappling and wrestling. Uh, he's a young guy. You can see he wants to get better. He wants to be great. He wants to get to a title. So he put in that work and a lot of training videos out there. You see, he's, he's really working on the wrestling. So I don't think that's going to be as big of an issue for him here. Um, If he does get taken down, especially at 170 and especially with Oliveira, who's sloppy and just does not control his opponents on the ground, Kevin Holland will be able to get up. It's not, you know, Oliveira's not going to be strong enough to hold Holland down. So I don't think that's going to be an issue here. And then on the feet, I mean, we already know with Kevin Holland, the guy is, he's a sniper. He is absolutely ridiculously sharp punches. Uh, He's precise. He throws nice combinations and he's even got a slick submission game as well. Um, And I think that's only going to help him even more at 170 with his length. I'm not going to lay that, that price at 350 or whatever, whatever it is. But what I really love, like truly, truly love, I already bet it. I like Holland to win by finish, KO, TKO, disqualification or submission. That's minus 120 at DraftKings. And then I also like him by submission, man. I'm going to I'm gonna sprinkle a little bit on submission. Hopefully I can hit both of those. The submission prop is plus 600 at DraftKings. I just, you know, with Oliveira, man, this guy, he gives up. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to say the guy quits. He, he and Hardy, it's, it's ironic that we're, that we're breaking both these guys down back to back. Like when they get into trouble and they're especially on the ground, they, they pretty much just quit. They, they, they let their opponent dominate him on the ground, whether it's ground and pound or to lock up a submission. So I, I don't see anything different here. I, I think the striking is is going to overwhelm Oliveira. He's going to he's gonna get desperate and try to shoot for a takedown or something. And uh, Holland has a chance of locking up a guillotine or, you know, taking his back and choking him out. So um, I also like that submission prop at plus 600. Just going to sprinkle a little bit, nothing crazy, but – um, the one that I do love is is that uh, Holland to win by finish minus 120. I think he, he's either going to knock him out um, or he's going to submit him. I, I definitely do not see this going to uh, the judges' scorecard. I think this is probably a good fight for Holland. I think the UFC is probably doing him a little bit of a favor. You know, the fact that he's dropping down and they're giving him a guy like Oliveira. I mean, Oliveira's lost three in a row. I remember the Nico Price fight. I think we were, might actually been a little worried that Nico probably wouldn't even win that fight. And the fact that he went the distance and actually won that fight, it was like, man, Oliveira just looks old. He's, what, five years older than, than Holland? He's like 34 years old, which you know, some of these guys have been fighting since they've been kids. I mean, you got to wonder where this guy's legs are at, where his mind's at after three straight losses. Now you, you, know, you get this type of a draw against a guy who you know, was going to be you know, probably five inches taller than you, five inches longer than you. Again, this could be one of those type of Greg Hardy situations where, you know, what are they going to do with this guy if he goes out and he loses four straight? I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't know how the hell you could ever get on uh, Alex Oliver for this one. I would probably use Holland in some type of a parlay or just go ahead and have him, you know, probably, you know, look to him to end this early as you do. Uh, interesting here, Gene. We got Edison Barbosa. He's going to fight Bryce Mitchell. Uh, Bryce Mitchell hasn't been in the ring for quite some time, but this is a guy that, you know, you're excited about. He's had a lot of uh, injury situations. He uh, had a a power drill accident, broke his, uh, I think he broke his wrist or something like that. So he's been out for a while, but you're excited for him. Um, He's going to end up taking on Barboza. Right now, they have Mitchell as a decent-sized favorite here, Gene, right around minus 170. Uh, This is interesting to me because I think Barboza's live. I've seen Barboza fight a lot recently. 
and I haven't seen Mitchell, maybe I'm a little concerned, maybe that there's some rust. But, you know, from what you're telling me, like Bryce Mitchell's the real deal. Like if he can go ahead and get Barboza down on the ground, uh, although Barboza can't grapple, that Mitchell's just on a little bit of a different level. And I haven't seen him fight, um, you know, in a long time. Like I'll have to go back through and look. So in order for me to give like a real solid opinion, um, I, I have to either just trust your, you know, trust your work and trust your knowledge or go through and, and watch him fight. But as of right now, I'm going to go ahead and pass. This is your classic striker versus grappler matchup. You know, Edson Barbosa being the dynamic striker and then obviously Mitchell being the, the grappler. And, you know, Mitchell's one of the UFC's top prospects. Uh, he's undefeated. He's looked great in, in his four fights in the UFC, three, four fights in the UFC. Um, he has been out for a while. He had, a, like you referenced, he had a hand injury uh, back in October of 2020. So we haven't seen him in a while. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of times you worry about that. Um, but for these younger fighters, I like that. You know, it gives him time to to, to get better. I mean, it allows, especially for, for a grappler, uh, a wrestler who's striking, it has been questionable. But uh, the one thing with him, even though it has been questionable, you, you've seen that he's gotten better each time he's entered the cage. And especially in the, his last fight against Andre Feely, I was really impressed with him against him. You know, Andre Feely, yeah, Andre Feely has a, a wrestling base, but he's turned into a, a striker at this point in his career. And Mitchell was able to hang on the feet with him. You know, Feely is really good at stopping takedowns. And Mitchell was able to, to land some significant shots on the feet and hurt Feely and and and, and really uh, make Feely question, should I be standing with this guy? Um, and ultimately, you know, Mitchell's relentlessness in the grappling realm um, is what won out, took him down and, and just out-wrestled him. So, and I see nothing different here. I mean, listen, like when I first looked at this, at first glance, I I, I thought maybe I'm going to be on the Barboza side which is super tempting. I mean, this guy's super dynamic. He has vicious leg kicks, spinning kicks. We all know his his highlight uh, spinning kick finish of Terry Adam, uh, one of the greatest knockouts of all time in UFC. And, um, you know, he, he knocked out um, um, Shane Burgos as well. Uh, he, he's looked good, man. I mean, the guy's an incredible striker. But the issue with him and, and why I'm going to take Mitchell in, in this fight is when it comes to, to grapplers, wrestlers, he he has issues. He does get taken down. He has solid takedown defense, but he will give up the takedowns. He tries to work back to his feet. Cool. But the, the thing with Mitchell is he's relentless. You know, you get these fighters like a Khabib or Islam Makachev. And I'm not saying that Bryce Mitchell is in that same realm, but you get these fighters that are just, these wrestlers that are just relentless. They're going to take you down. They're going to go after takedowns 10 times. They might not get it the first four times, but they're going to hit you, you know, the last six times. And, you're not going to be able to get up and it, it, it wears on your gas tank. And the thing with Barbosa in fights where he's fought grapplers, like where like Dan, Dan Ige, for example, Dan Ige, in one of his recent fights that he lost, you know, Dan Ige is, is a striker, but Barbosa was having success. So Dan Ige realized, man, I'm going to go to my grappling. And when he went to his grappling, it just, it almost was, you didn't give up. I definitely don't want to call him a quitter. Like, Oliveira and Greg Hardy, but you could just see on his face, he was like, oh man, I'm being taken down again. You know, I, I don't want to be here. I want to be on the feet. You know, he, you could just, he wears, he wears it on his face, which is not good for the judges. The judges see that as well. And it's a, it's a negative uh, uh, for Barboza, but um, you know, Khabib dominated him on the ground. You had Kevin Lee even dominate him on the ground. And 
he just he almost looks like he wants to get out of the fight, you know, when he, he's continuously taken down. And, and Bryce Mitchell's going to do that here. I mean, this guy's relentless w- with his grappling and wrestling. And the thing I love about him, he's not this boring wrestler where he's just going to take you down, lay on you. Like, man, he has active ground and pound. He's always transitioning. He's always trying to lock up a submission. He has one of the, I think, the second time uh, a twister. It's only happened two times in the UFC. Korean Zombie was one, and then he's the other one in the entire history of the UFC, like, which – you know, go go check it out. He had a crazy twister. It's one of the sickest submissions in all of uh, MMA. And I mean, this guy, he he's a future superstar, man. If he continues to win, he continues to rack up these these big names. And Barbosa, you know, Feely was like a solid name. Barbosa is actually a more well known name. You know, if he gets the victory here, especially in dominant fashion, you know, he he's gonna propel himself up into the top ten top 15 um and get a big big name um pardon me uh, top 10 i should say not top 15 so um yeah i like mitchell here man i i like i said at the beginning i was gonna go with barboza i know some guys that are going with barboza here um because they feel like he can land that big shot but man i mean feely was hitting uh mitchell with some big shots too and mitchell was able to take it walked right through it and just took uh took feely down dominated him so that's what i see happening here you know i think the the thing here with Barboza, Gene, and, and you mentioned it like right when he first started talking, is his kicking game. That's going to be his demise because we know that guys who want to get you down on the ground, they want you kicking them. So Barboza is going to leave that, you know, that, that door is going to be open until he actually gets taken down. And you have to wonder, like you were saying, like Barboza doesn't want to be on the ground. He wants to stand. But when he stands, you know, he's going to throw those kicks and it's like, He's going to get taken down again. He's going to get taken down again. Like, I, there's probably a good chance that this fight ends up being, uh, you know, just being like a whitewash. Like, it just it's, it ends up very lopsided where maybe it ends up looking like an exciting fight on paper, but we might actually end up with, um, you know, Bryce Mitchell with, you know, 15 minutes of ground control. I don't think that that would surprise you either because, you know, like, like I just said, Barboza Bar- Bar- definitely wants to kick, so. Um, that's just I, I kind of envision that um, happening because with a guy that's going to, you know, try to get you down constantly over and over and over again, you're giving him um, kind of the green light, you know, to get there. Um, it worries me. Maybe it could go the distance. I don't know. But like you were saying, you at least want a guy that that's you know not going to you know give up on the ground. And we haven't really seen that from Barboza. Let's jump over to Rafael Dos Anjos. He's going to fight. Uh, he's going to take on. Renato Moicano, uh, Moicano taking this on short notice there, Gene. I guess you're excited for this one. I mean, we were just talking about a long layoff for Mitchell. Uh, Rafael Desanos has, you know, a long layoff himself. Uh, he's actually going to be the favorite in this one, Gene. I'm not necessarily sure I like him. I know Moicano. I watched him fight uh, recently pretty good with his submissions and stuff like that. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if, if you're looking at the dog in this one. How you feeling about that fight? Yeah, so unfortunately, like I, I referenced earlier, Fiziev would have been it would have been a great fight against Dos Anjos. You know, Fiziev needs a big name on on his uh, resume. He has a future in the lightweight division. The guy's a spectacular striker. So I'm disappointed that he couldn't make it. But I guess you know, COVID it wasn't anything light for him, COVID wise. It it, was, it really affected him um, when he got to Vegas. So he he legitimately couldn't fight. So enter Moicano. There was talks about Islam Makachev taking the fight uh, for whatever reason. He ended up not taking the fight. And ironically, Dos Anjos and Makachev 
um, have been scheduled to fight like two or three times. It's like the same as Khabib and, and Tony Ferguson. They just, for whatever reason, the MMA gods just it would not let it happen. So um, I thought for sure we were finally going to get it. And once again, um, we, we don't get it. So that was a little disappointing. But, you know, enter Moicano, uh, a guy who has kind of, he's changed, he's changed his game. You know, he's, uh, he's changed the, his career trajectory. He, at featherweight, the guy was like, skyrocket to the top it was looking like he was going to be a a, free, a future champion and he got knocked out by Aldo and in some of the better feather featherweights and he made the the move up to 155 because that that weight cut down to 145 was killing him and the first fight who does he fight the aforementioned Fiziev and he gets knocked out against Fiziev and he he publicly stated he said hey man I'm a grappler I'm Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know, not master, but, you know, uh, brown belt. I believe he's a brown belt. Or black. I don't think he's a black belt. I think he's a brown belt. But, um, you know, I'm a very good Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner, I should say. And why am I standing with these guys? And I keep getting knocked out. Like, I need to go back to my bread and butter and, and just wrestle, grapple, um, use my striking to set up my, my takedowns, and then choke these guys out. And since he said that, that's exactly what he's done. He's he's won two fights in a row, both of them by rear naked chokes. Um, he has though we we got to be honest here. You know he he does get rocked. Um, those earlier knockouts in his career, I think, have affected his chin slightly. It's not like he has a glass chin, but he can be rocked. And even in those victories, his past two, you know, he does take some big shots sometimes. But he's been able to weather the storm in, in his previous two fights. So. Um, and you can tell I'm excited by this because I'm, I'm rambling, but I, I really want to get into this because a lot of people have Dos Anjos and, you know, I got Moicano here. Um, but he he fought three weeks ago. He beat Alexander Hernandez, choked him out. He flew back to Brazil and he's taking this fight on five days notice. You know, Islam turns it down. He's like, hey, I'm going to step up and take it. And he flies back from Brazil um, this was Monday. He found out about it. He, he flew back into Las Vegas on Wednesday, not to mention, according to, to his camp, he was at 180 pounds and he had to cut down to 160. I don't know if I believe that he was that big, but whatever. He had to cut down to 160. He cuts down to 160. He gets on the scales um, this morning, easily makes it. Um, and the thing I like about this dude is just that mentality. In his last fight against Alexander Hernandez, when he, when he won, um, I think it was Bisbing interviewed him in the, in the octagon, octagon asked him who he wanted next. And he didn't mention a name. He just said, I want big checks. You know, I, I want big checks and big fights. All fighters say that everyone wants to get paid, but you know, you come in on five days notice for the UFC and, and save a co-main event on a pretty average card. Like you had spoken on at the beginning of this, this really is a fight night card, man. This is not a, a pay-per-view card. And you lose Rafael Dos Anjos and Fiziev totally off the card. I mean, who are you going to bump up into them in onto the main card? So for him to step up, you know, that did the UFC a favor. And, and it just goes to show, like, you know, he's going to back up his words with actions. You know, he wants big paychecks. Man, you step up on five days notice, you're going to get big, big paychecks. The UFC is going to reward you. So um, I just like that mentality. And for him to come in, boom, right on weight, 160 this morning. Um I love it. So that's the mentality aspect of it in the sense of the stylistic matchup. You know, Dos Anjos, we, this is what he's going to do. Dos Anjos is going to try to overwhelm Moicano. Five days notice, 
questionable gas tank, you know, that type of thing. So I'm going to get after him. And, and Dos Anjos typically does that. He gets after after his opponents. Um, and he, he works he works his kicks and, and punches to the body, which um, I definitely see him doing that against Moicano here. The thing is, though, Moicano, as I said before, like this guy made his, you know, made his bread by striking. I mean, he was a dynamic striker who would get into situations where he got knocked out and went back to the grappling. So on the feet, he can strike. And his previous two wins, you know, he was landing big shots on Jai Herbert and on Alexander Hernandez, which eventually sat him down and allowed him to, to, um, to um to um wrestle or grapple with them and, and submit them. So I don't think he's gonna have an issue standing with Dos Anjos as long as his gas tank holds up. I think he can I think he can go with them. Um and then in the sense of the size, you know, he's got longer reach. I think it's like a two inch reach advantage. He's definitely the bigger guy here. Uh, Dos Anjos has not been submitted, but man, I would not be surprised if this is the first time he gets submitted. Like Moicano is focused. He's he's on a mission. Um I I feel like this guy I, I I just I really like what he's doing here, man. I, I I really believe in in how he's changed his 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 game plan and his career trajectory. So I got Moicano here, um, and I I do think Dos Anjos is gonna get his first you know first uh, submission loss of his career. Uh, it's crazy to say Dos Anjos is is a Hall of Famer. He's been in the UFC like whatever 10, 15 fights and hasn't been submitted, but. Um, yeah, man, I, I think he's going to get his first submission loss here. I'm going to take Moicano. I'm going to go on a limb. Um, one thing I will just say quickly as I continue to ramble, uh, if it does get into the fourth, this is a five-round fight, by the way. That's This dude's gangster for even doing that, too. Like, he's coming out short notice. He could have told the UFC whatever he wanted to. Like, hey, I can't make 160. I got We have to do 165. Hey, I can't do five rounds. It can be a three-rounder. UFC would have would have allowed it for sure. They just they don't want to lose the co-main event. This dude comes in, says, sure, I'll do 160, and says, sure, I'll do five-round fight. So um, I, I love that mentality again. But if it does get into that fourth and fifth round, I, you know, I am going to be sweating bullets because um, you have to worry about the guy's gas tank, and Dos Anjos has gas tank for, for days. So, But uh, I, I think he finishes it early with the, with the submission. You got to figure he's fight ready. Moicano, and sometimes I think this, Gene, and we've seen this before. If these guys that come in on short notice, right? We've seen like these no name guys, right? And sometimes they come in, it's like, all right, he came in on short notice, got his ass kicked, he's out of there. But a guy who's like been fight ready, a guy who's like legit, like a, you know, a contender, those guys come in and they fight their ass off and they win sometimes. So it wouldn't surprise me. And the fact that Dos Anjos, you know, hasn't fought in quite some time. But also, you know, he was probably totally prepared for Fiziev. And now it's like, boom, you just threw a monkey wrench into everything. All the training you did, all that mental preparation that you have um, is out the window. And when you start thinking about a new guy, a lot of that preparation that you had drilled into you for, you know, week after week after week, you probably start replaying a lot of that type of preparation going into the new fight and you're like, but that's the old game plan, but that's the old game plan. That was, you know, whatever, like we're trying to cram, cram, cram right now. And you know, it, it is a game plan. Like, I mean, it is what it is. It's a fight. Yeah, we get it, but there's game plans and preparation and, and things that, that have to go into, you know, having a successful fight. So I think there are things that are lining up, you know, obviously against both guys here, but again, 
you know, I'm going to defer to you, you know, on which guy, you know, I should probably take. But I, I, I lean Moicano from the gate um, just because Dos Anjos, I mean, I get it. He's he's decent, but I, I just, I don't know if he should be, you know, minus 200. Uh, but with all that said, good stuff there, Gene. Let's go ahead and jump into, we got Jorge Masvidal, we got Colby Covington. Covington's going to be a pretty big favorite here, Gene. He's looking at minus 330 right now on FanDuel. Uh, Masvidal, if you like him, you can get plus 265. I honestly think that Masvidal's live, to be honest with you, and I and I get it. Kobe looks good, and, we, and we've heard Dana say before, like, hey, if, if Usman wasn't the champion, Covington would be. And I'm not doubting that. I, I, I'm not doubting that at all. I think it, it, takes, it takes a lot of skill, it takes a lot of heart to be able to stand in there with Usman, you know, for two fights the way that, that Covington did. But Masvidal did too. And the one thing that these two guys have in common, they both lost to Usman. But I think with Masvidal, I think the fact that, look, if that fight with Nate didn't get stopped, Gene, that probably goes five rounds. And Colby has gone, you know, five rounds too. And, you know, he, he got, he got you know, he got out of there by, by, you know, fighting Usman. Like, I really think this one sets up to go the distance. And it's minus 122. My gut feeling, Gene, th- this is a bloodbath. Like, we know these dudes don't like each other. I-, I don't see how this could be a boring fight. I don't see how these guys probably get each other out of there. Um, that's just kind of my thought. I'm just going through my thought process here. But I do think there's a there's a really good chance that this one ends up going the distance. And I think you got to go back to... You know, the Askren fight where, yeah, it ended in 13 seconds, but how long could Masvidal potentially have gone in that fight? And he went five rounds with Usman. So, you know, Masvidal can go the distance, and I think Kobe's already showed that he can go the distance. So my best bet for this particular fight, Gene, would be for this fight to go the distance. I think Masvidal's live. I think Covington's better. But, dude, I can't. I can't justify laying minus 330. Like, if I'm using Colby, I have to use him in some type of a parlay or, you know, a, a different type of, of prop wager. But me, I, I think this goes a distance. I, I do think that this is a bloodbath. I think that these two actually, they, they really hate each other. But I actually honestly think that they, neither of these guys are going to have the power after probably the third round to probably take each other out. There's a potential, Gene, for maybe a submission in this fight that maybe a lot of people wouldn't expect. And, I mean, I I think that that's possible, that these guys might just leave it all out there in the cage in the first two rounds, and then they're just out there hanging on for dear life, you know, trying to – just trying to hang on, trying not to get knocked out. Um, I do trust Covington's gas tank more than Masvidal's. So that's kind of where my thoughts are at. But I do think this one goes the distance. That's where I'm at. If I had to put my money down on somebody, I would take Masvidal just because I feel like the odds are a little bit too steep. I would get value with Masvidal, I think, in the price. But if I was going to bet Colby in any way, it would have to be in a parlay because I just can't justify a minus 330. I think Covington wins one way or another just because I think he has more heart. I feel like his gas tank will last longer, and you got to wonder where Masvidal's at after, you know, what what Usman did to him, you know. But these guys are both talking, talking to talk. Like, 
neither guy looks like they're out there kind of just uh you know just just talking shit and showboating just to just to put on a show like they're both going in there to hurt each other so that's where i'm at with that gene I, i'm going the distance that's that's my best bet in this fight yeah i, I like that bet definitely um so, you know, these two, we already know these two guys hate each other, you know, former, they were once friends sleeping on each other's couches, training partners. Now they're enemies and they're going to look to brutalize each other on Saturday night. Um, both of them are former title challengers. They both lost to Usman. So they're kind of in this spot where it's like, it's just no man's land for, for them right now. I mean, whoever wins, you know, obviously that's huge to get back to the title. But, you know, really is, you know, Masvidal's like, what, 36, 37 years old. I mean, he's at the end of his career. He's not being Usman. Colby Covington, I agree with what Dana said. You know, the guy, if Usman wasn't a champ, Colby Covington would be. I mean, the guy's legit. He fought Usman two times. And, you know, the first time was a a war back and forth until he got finished in the fifth. But, I mean, some people had him winning going into that fifth. And then even the last fight, you know, he he did pretty good against Usman as well. It was another close fight. So the guy, the guy's a beast in that sense. I mean, um, gas tank, what you had spoken on before you pass it over to me, um, arguably the best gas tank in all of MMA, easily the best gas tank in welterweight um, division and in the UFC, like I said, probably arguably the best. I mean, the guy's not going to get tired. So that all that lends itself to, to the unanimous um or probably not unanimous. It leads itself to a decision um, for sure. Um, Mosville, same thing. You know, Mosville, of course, he can land the big shot. But at this point in his career, when you watch him fight, man, he's he's more, you know, he's kind of picking you apart. You know, he he can box, but he really doesn't. He has to land like a, a super clean punch to get you out of there. I mean, or that flying knee they hit Askren with. But other than that, yeah, he's more of a, a decision guy as well. So, I do like that bet. Um, as for these two guys, this is just simple. I mean, there's a reason why it's minus three thirty. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any question that Kobe Covington is going to win this fight. Um, his, his wrestling is just, it's relentless. Again, I mean, this is a common theme. Like I said with the Bryce Mitchell, and just go back and look at all these guys, the Islam Makachevs, uh, the Khabibs. Like when you get these guys that are like true, even Usman too. Um, what he did to to Woodley. Um, when you get these guys that are just, I'm going to take you down. I'm going to shoot 10, 15 times. You can stop me 10, 15, you know, you can stop me five, 10 times. I'm still going to get you down and dominate you. Like, and that's Kobe Covington, uh, especially with that gas tank. He's, he, he's going to be relentless. He's going to get Jorge down. You saw Usman did that to Jorge as well and their matchups. And Jorge wasn't able to, to defend it in the sense of getting taken down. Now, what I will say for Jorge, um, he's good at getting back up. That's the one thing. He he's good at working his way back to the feet, and and that's where obviously he's going to have the most success because Kobe Covington, even though Kobe Covington has looked good on the feet in both fights against Usman, and even against Robbie Lawler, where he like threw a crazy amount of strikes against Robbie Lawler. Like I think he broke a record. I'm I'm pretty sure he broke a record uh, for uh, strikes thrown in the in a welterweight uh, fight. The guy still gets hit, though. That's the only thing. Like, defensively, he's not good. Offensively, he's he's good. He can throw those combinations. But defensively, he gets he gets pieced up. And Masvidal is going to piece him up if they're up on their feet. But the thing is, like, you know, Kobe can take those punches, as we've seen in those fights I just referenced with Usman. Um, so I don't think that Masvidal is going to knock him out. And I just think, you know, Kobe's going to get him down more than they're going to be standing up on the feet. So 
Um, it's an easy layup for me if you're asking me just straight pick. I think it's Colby Covington, no question. Um, I don't fault anyone for taking Masvidal. I do think the line is way too big. I mean, I get why it's minus 320 in the sense of stylistically between the guys. But, man, you got two guys that, like, absolutely hate each other. Their egos are going to take over. I don't care what anyone says. I mean, I, I do believe that first round might just end up being a stand-up war because, you know, Kobe Covington is, is, doesn't want to fold. He doesn't want to be looked at like, oh, you just took me down and laid on me for, you know, for five rounds. So I expect his ego, like, I'm just going to stand with this guy and show him that I can I can knock him out. That's what he did against Usman this, both times, you know. Now, Usman is, a, is, is an elite wrestler, so – um. I'm kind of arguing against myself in that sense. You know, that's part of the reason why he's still with Usman because he's like, man, Usman is just an elite wrestler too. Like it's 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 elite wrestler versus elite wrestler. They cancel each other out. We're just gonna stand. So, um, but uh, but I do expect him to to throw you know throw hands with with Masvidal for a while. But eventually he's gonna realize like, man, I'm trying to get the victory, and I'm you know I'm trying to brutalize this guy. So I'm I'm just gonna land ground to pound on him. So I think he takes him down and just is relentless. Um. As for my angle on this fight, um, you know, I, I like Kobe. Co- I think, you know, minus three, whatever it is now is insane. You can get Kobe Covington at minus 120 on DraftKings to win by decision. I absolutely love that. Um, not as much as I love those Col- those Kevin Holland uh, props, but um, I definitely, you know, really, really, really like that Kobe Covington angle. I mean, the, the way he's going to win is by is by decision. You're getting it at my, minus one twenty. I think that's the way to go. He's not gonna. He's not gonna knock Masvidal out. We know that. Like you can just throw that out. Um, is he gonna submit him? I don't think he's gonna submit him, man. This guy. He. I don't even think he has a submission victory on his on his resume. Um, and uh, and Masvidal, you know, Masvidal's a tough dude. You know, he'll be able. You know, he's a grappler. You know, he's a solid grappler. I should say on the ground. He, you know, he he's not some slouch that's only a striker. And when he's taken down, he's like a fish out of water. Like, no, you know, he, he's a well-rounded fighter. So I, I don't see it either. I just see see Kobe Covington end up just being relentless, taking him down, and you get a decision victory for for Kobe across the board, unanimous decision. So that that that's my angle. Take take Kobe um, to win by a decision minus one twenty. Let me just play a little devil's advocate here, a little bit, and this is probably for people that are looking to lay the price with with Covington. I think you have to go back to the last couple fights for these guys to actually go ahead and figure out, you know, why the pricing is what it is. The last thing we remember about Masvidal was what? Knockout of the year. He got absolutely crunched. And then we remember Colby talking crap and, you know, going out there and, and, and taking Usman in the deep waters. So that looks really bad for Masvidal. But I think what actually looks really bad for for, for Covington is the fact that, like, you fought Woodley when he was going out. It was like, and, and if you watch that Woodley fight, Woodley did nothing. I mean, he absolutely did nothing. And it wasn't like Colby had to do a whole hell of a lot against Woodley. Woodley was just afraid to pull the trigger. So I go back to that fight, and it was like, okay, well, when's the last time that Colby had a tough fight? Well, it was against Usman, and he lost them both. And then I go back to Maswell, and I'm like, all right, dude, like you fought Usman twice, you, you lost. So did Kobe. But if I go back to which fight that these guys won, that was the more impressive fight, I have to go back to that Masvidal-Diaz fight. Like I said, if that fight doesn't get stopped, 
it probably goes five rounds and Dia and Nate, believe it or not, probably gets his ass kicked for two more rounds because Masvidal looked really good in that fight. So I can only justify that, that this line is like, I get it, Gene, like Covington should probably be the favorite in this one. But I mean, I could understand, like in order for me to lay a price with, with Covington, it would probably have to be like in that minus 180 range because I believe that Masvidal has shown up just as much as Kobe has over the last three fights that they've both had. And I think that there's a couple knocks against Covington. That's just where I'm at with the pricing. That's that's why I'm like, I'm, I, I'm not laying 330. But I think, as I said, Masvidal getting cremated the way he did against Suzman, like that just looks bad. Um, so that's where I'm at with that. I don't know what you think the price should be, but I'm thinking like 180 area is probably correct. And then that is the time that I would actually bet Covington. Yeah, so, I mean, for me, I'm more in, like, the minus 250 range. Um, and, the, and the only reason why is just my, I agree. Um, the Nate Diaz, he looked great. But Nate Diaz was just going to strike with him. But against against Usman, you saw, like, in that first fight, when U, Usman played it safe because Masvidal came in on short notice. He was supposed to fight Gilbert Burns originally, Usman. And Masvidal saved the day on like six days notice or whatever it was. So Usman wasn't going to mess around. He's like, I prepared for a different guy. I'm not trying to lose my my title to this dude. And you saw like he was able to control Masvidal. He kept taking him down. At will, he was taking him down. Uh, Masvidal kept getting up to the feet. And that's what I'm saying here against Kobe. I think he does the same thing because that's the key people need to realize. Kobe Covington is relentless wrestler, but he's not the best at keeping you down on the ground. Like guys still get up on their feet and um, up on their feet. I should say, pardon me. And uh, you know, obviously Masvidal does his best work on the feet, but um, Usman's just on a different level when it comes to actual like top, top control. So he was able to take him down at will. And in the second fight was playing out a little bit that way too, but obviously Usman hit him with that nasty, not, I mean, amazing knockout punch. Um, but I think that's why this line is so wide because we know Covington's game. Like he has, we already, I just said it, you know, the gas tank is amazing, arguably the best in all of the UFC. So he's not going to get tired. He's just going to keep going after Masvidal and keep taking him down if he wants to. So the key, the key in this fight is like, is Kobe Covington's ego going to take over? If he allows his ego to take over, he's going to get knocked out probably, um, or at least, you know, hurt, you know, where he's, where he's losing, you know, three or five rounds for sure. But I, I, he's, he's too smart, man. I, I think, you know, I think that persona that he, they, that he lets, that he um, presents to the fans and the media, I think people get caught up in that. But when you really, if you just get, if you push that to the side, just look at his fighting skills and just go back and watch his fights. I mean, the guy is, he's dominant and the guy knows what he's good at. And that's why Dana said that he would have been, you know, if Usman wasn't here, he'd be champion. I mean, uh, it's almost like Max Holloway in, in the featherweight division right now with Volkanovski. Like Volkanovski is just, you're not being Volkanovski. So Max Holloway, even though he's once former champion, like he's always going to be number two, you know, he's never going to be Volkanovski. So I just, it's the same thing with, with Colby Covington. It's like, he's the best in that division. And unfortunately he's got Usman above him. So, um, that's why the line's at where it's at, but but and I know I'm rambling. I I, I want to get specifically to what you said. Is I I like the 250 to to, to 280 just because 
um, that relentless wrestling. Um, but Masvidal is dangerous. These guys hate each other. So when when you have a fight like that, man, you you know the odds need to be a little bit shorter. You can't have it that wide because man, there's just so much blood there. There's so much ego. There's so much. There's a lot of distractions for these guys that um, you know these guys are motivated. Masvidal is motivated to let dude Masvidal. I'll just tell you right straight up. It would not surprise me if this guy comes with some crazy flying knee or something. I mean, he's just like the Ben Askren fight, a lot of trash talking before. And Mosfell really prepared for that fight, ended up landing that, that that flying knee. He, you know, he knew that Askren was going to take him down. And he was like, I'm not going out like this. So same thing with Kobe Covington. He knows what Kobe's going to do. They were former training partners. So I'm sure he's got some tricks up his sleeve. Um, so that's why I just wouldn't make it. I would not make it a minus three fifty. I think it's it's lying closer, and I don't fault anyone that that jumps on Masvidal at all, man. I I really don't. I think Colby probably will have no problem standing and trading with Masvidal. I mean, if you actually take, you know, what those two did against Usman, I mean, you you have to say Colby ended up doing so much better on the feet. I mean, Masvidal got he got knocked out. Covington he had no problem, you know, standing up there and. And look, there were t- at times where he caught Usman and, and he actually boxed rather well. Um, you know, he has a pretty decent jab. I think one of the things with, I think one of the things with Colby that probably will get him through this fight, and I think that you said it is like when he's in there, it doesn't matter. Like if he was up against it, and he was up against against Usman multiple times, sometimes you just fold, and sometimes you just. Um, you know, you you throw caution to the wind. He never did that. He was all about game time, man. He was game plan, game time. He was in there. He was working his, you know, working his plan. And he never looked like he just went caution to the wind. Like, I'm going to try to do this, try to do that, try to do too much craziness. He, he, he had his mindset that he was going to take Usman down, and he did. But that was part of his plan. That wasn't like throwing caution to the wind for him. So I don't think... You know, Covington probably changes his colors here. Like, he's going to go in here and be like, I'm just going to do what I do, and I don't have to worry about doing anything crazy. But I feel like Masvidal, in a sense, this is just my my opinion, Gene. I could be wrong. Like, if anybody's going to go and, and try to do some craziness or completely get away from their game plan, it's probably Masvidal that would be that guy. Um, just because Covington's been put in situations where he probably should, but he didn't. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. So we went ahead. We teased this in the beginning of the podcast. Gene and I, we're going to go ahead. We're going to talk for a couple of minutes about some of the things that Gene had found on DraftKings, which is really interesting. So before we even get into this, Gene and I, we're going to do a podcast on this. So he found some futures where you guys can go ahead and you can bet uh, who's going to hold the title. And it'll be for uh, December the 31st of 2022. So uh, you know, basically New Year's of, of next year. So we had a, a really good talk almost for an hour before we did this podcast. And uh, it turned out to be a really good conversation. But Gene, uh, like I said, we teased this in a little in the beginning. You have a bet that you actually really like that you want to give out now because you're afraid that, you know, that we might actually lose a lot of value on this. So if you guys have DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, go over there. Gene's going to give you guys a pick to go ahead and uh, and go ahead and put in your sportsbook. Yeah, so... Um, like you teaser this, I could not believe this when I saw this with the DraftKings. Um, I would look at all my other books, you know, points bet, 
fan duel, whatever, you go through a litany of old books. I could not find any futures. But yeah, DraftKings is offering futures for all the divisions in the UFC, who will be champion um, as of the end of this year. And the one that I, that really stood out to me was the featherweight division with Alexander Volkanovsky. And they have him listed as minus 190. Um, this guy, if you go back, first of all, what do I really need to even say about this guy that you guys don't know? I mean, this guy's a dominant champion. He beat Max Holloway two times. I know they were close uh, victories. One was a split split win. But if you really know MMA, if you really watch this guy, you know his camp. Like, he's just on another level. He's like on a Israel Adesanya level. Um, and ironically, they kind of they train part time at the same camp. Like they're just cerebral fighters. They they it's not just their physical skills inside the inside the cage. It, it's their mental and it's their game plans. Like they just they they break down their opponents and their opponents just look like fools in front of them. And uh, so Alexander Volkanovsky is pound for pound one of the best fighters in the UFC. So the so off the bat to say like he's still gonna have the title at the end of this year minus one ninety is a good bet. But then if you start digging into the numbers and some of the stats, you know, this guy doesn't fight a lot during the year. Um, Obviously on his run up to the title in 2018, he fought three times, right? And then 2019, he fought two times the second time that he fought. So he fought in May of 2019. Then he fought in December of 2019. That's when he won the title against Max Holloway. He comes back in 2020 and he only fights one time. Now, I know COVID uh, affected some of that, but he fights one time and fights Max Holloway. Then he comes back in 2021. Again, he only fights one time, and he defends his title against Brian Ortega. And now here we enter 2022. He's supposed to fight Max Holloway in March. He doesn't. Now he's fighting uh, the Korean zombie, Chan Sung Jung, in April, the next pay-per-view coming up, two, uh, 273. So you got to look at it. You you figure in general with champions, in general, this is very general. They fight two times a year, okay? Um, so if you split that six and six, right? But a lot of times you get the two times a year when they fight early in the year, like a January or February, and then they end up fighting at the end of the year. Well, this guy's going to end up fighting in, in, God forbid, who knows? I mean, maybe these guys have covid Maybe someone gets injured. We're still over a month away from this fight. So that could affect this as well in a positive way. Um, but he's fighting Chan Sung Jung on the 9th of April. So that's going to give you another, what, eight months to the end of the year. So you're, you're, you're kind of pushing it. Um, these champions, like I said, maybe fight twice a year. And a lot of times they're only doing once a year now. So he's going to get the one against Chan Sung Jung. He is right now currently against... I'll just call him Korean Zombie, as everyone knows him. Um, he is minus five fifty against the Korean Zombie, five fifty. So if you believe that, and I believe that he only fights the Korean Zombie, then you're getting amazing odds. From five fifty, you're getting one ninety. Even if he fights a second time, then you have to dig into the numbers. Then you start looking. Well, who's he going to potentially fight? I mean, Max Holloway. The plan is to fight Max. Max got hurt, though. We don't know when Max is going to be back, if he's even going to be back. So you got to look at, like, who, who's next in that division that he would fight. Well, I know you had brought up when we were talking for that hour before, you brought up Henry Cejudo maybe could come back. But, it's you know, Hen- Henry Cejudo has to get back into the um, the U.S. Um, the drug testing pool, and that's six months. He has to be in that for six months before he can even be eligible uh, to fight. Um, and then outside of that, there's no one even in the division that really gives – 
Volkanovsky any trouble. Anyone that would give where you would see odds of like minus 180, 190. So if you anticipate him fighting a Yari Rodriguez, a Calvin Cater, a Josh, most likely it'd be like a Josh Emmett, because Josh Emmett, I think he's won like three or four row in a row in that division. Um, even a, a Giga Jikadze, potentially. A Volkanovski is still going to be like a minus 300, you know, potentially 400 favorite. So if you do a mechanical parlay, um, if you do, I didn't, I know I'm being put on a spot here. I forget the numbers, but so he's minus 550. If 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 he is not like a minus three, if he's less than a 350, um, then technically would you'd be getting worse odds. He'd be at like a if you did a mechanical parlay, he'd be at like minus 150. Um, so that you guys know the mechanical parlay, you know, say you bet 550 bucks on Volkanovski at uh, minus 550 odds, and then you take the winnings from that, and you just dump it all on him in the second fight at minus 350 or whatever it is 400 um that's how you're gonna you know get your value well if the value is gonna be minus 150 obviously we're taking him at 190 so you're getting a little less value but um that's if everything works out that way um so long story short with me rambling and we're gonna get like you said we're gonna get into a, a big podcast where we break down every division and and, and figure out what, what's the best odds and some other picks to take I, I I think Volkanovski ends up fighting one time this year. And even if he fights twice, even if you're getting bad, quote unquote, bad odds, you're getting minus 190. And it might end up being where you could have gotten like minus 150, 160. It, it, it's not that bad to take that risk, in my personal opinion. So um, I love the future on Alexander Volkanovski to be champion on uh, December 31st, 2020. At minus 190. Well, obviously, you know, I don't disagree with you there, Gene. And as you said, there's a lot of things that can go on. And one of the things that we know about the UFC, they're putting events on constantly, constantly. So, you know, a guy who might be a contender, he can go out there, he could lose, he can get hurt. So, you know, you, you already mentioned like Volkanovski is not fighting, you know, three times a year. Um, and, he, and he's got a fight coming up. So it's like you're pushing it. You're, you're really pushing it. And there's a lot of guys that are sitting behind him that are probably going to fight that the bad things can happen. So, again, um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get into a whole podcast about this. We'll get, we, you know, we'll, we'll dive pretty deep into this. So that's going to be a really good one. You guys don't want to miss that. But with that said, good stuff there from Gene. Glad he was able to go ahead and jump on the podcast. Uh, you guys know where to find us on Twitter, SleepyG underscore pregame, at MeanGene0022. You guys could always get us at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the fights.